Hey everyone, George Edelman, Editor-in-Chief at No Film School, No Film School podcast host here, still in Las Vegas, still at NAB 2022, still on my feet, sort of. And I'm joined today by, as I was the last few days, contributor and video host and filmmaker, Rafi Rivero. Booyah. And tech editor and filmmaker, Yaroslav Altunov. Hello, hello. And Michelle is not with us today. She had to head out, which is a shame because she brings a lot to the table. So we'll just have to try and just do our best in spite of her. I guess, Yaro, yeah, you want to you kick us off here talking about today and, and what we saw and what we thought of the, the whole damn thing? <laughs> yeah, we tackled a lot of audio today and a lot of accessories. And that was the biggest kind of uh, hurdle for us is seeing all the accessories. I think when you break down for everybody, like I didn't know what you meant by accessories at first. I didn't realize. Can you tell everybody, people who might not know what that entails and encompasses? So initially we were thinking like camera accessories, but then we kind of went a little bit out of that, you know, sphere of monitors, cages, wireless video transmitters. I mean, you know, sprig cable management ties. And we kind of looked at gimbals, things that support cameras. Cranes. We, we took out, looked at a techno crane. Yeah. And uh, a gentleman named Horst was wearing this bright pink suit. Check out the video on uh, accessories to see him in his wonderful attire. And it's his, on our YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. His wonderful hair. Great gentleman. And and talked about Technocrane. Some interesting things coming out from Technocrane that might be interesting to some some folks who are in the uh, independent film budget range. Exciting. It, it was exciting to just see products like that that are at the very high end of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Thinking about how to reach us as independent filmmakers yeah. and that, that kind of dynamic range between the stuff that you can just get for a couple hundred bucks and slap on your camera body up to stuff that you have to really think about, is this worth it? Can I do this in my production? And why? And and you see, like, perfect example, the Technocrane interview where he said, yeah, yeah, they use this in Avatar 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we shot Avatar 2, like, you know, Record he's like, scratch. oh, when I went and saw my, my auntie, you know, and it's like, no, no, this is one of the biggest movies, you know, to come out. And, you know, people have been anticipating Avatar 2 for at least like 15 years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that that part is pretty awesome. A thing that I forgot to bring, it's with me in the hotel, but not was never on the floor with me, is my favorite camera accessory, which is a little $5 bubble level. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it's my favorite accessory is that it costs next to nothing and it improves every single shot. You see the shot, you get it better by leveling it. (laughs) It works every single time. So I think an accessory can be up to these kind of armature things that are you know just machined out of metal like that uh uh the giant speed rail telta machine that you put on a car yeah like that thing was amazing all the way down to something like a cable tie like a whatever something that just helps you get through the day in a more efficient way yeah we went to creative solutions and they cover three products called teradec small hd and wooden camera they're just like little tiny you know, brands you might might have heard of. Um, <laughs> but they're also, with Teradex specifically, veering into that cloud-based post-production workflow and offering some really cool solutions that integrate with Frame.io. And then Small HD, they, you know, no longer small. Those, those monitors were 
huge. They had a 27-inch <laughs> reference monitor for DITs and an 18-inch like onset monitor. Great stuff. Yeah. You know, great tools for filmmakers to like to 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 get their image perfectly in tune. I remember seeing monitors from like five, ten years ago, you know, and they were like little broadcast kind of holdovers and you got what you got. And then you kind of had to finesse everything in this like room in a studio with like perfectly like dim lighting and gray paint and everything was like, you know, scanned and, <laughs> you know, what's that? Tell guys... me, the the ter- Terror Deck had a lot of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. yeah. And what it does is pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about like, because, you know, people should check out the video, but even the video, we got to get a lot in there. Mm-hmm. We can't talk about every single aspect. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot to what Teradek's up to. We'll have full interviews uh, available after all the videos come out because like we cut so much. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you, people got to see this. And some, some guy's going to want to watch that 17 mi- you know, minute interview with Dan from Teradek. Yeah. And it'll have all the details about these releases. Mm-hmm. We just want to, you know, our super cuts essentially just giving everybody a taste of, oh, of the, little, but Teradek, like, yeah, just tell us a little, tell, what was your takeaway from all the, they got the Ranger, they got the Stranger, they got the <laughs> Blanger. Spark, Prism, Wave. Yeah. yeah. Just- well, I mean, you know, the, the Wave was, was another take on kind of portable mixing solution if you want to do live, mm-hmm. similar to what we saw from Atomos a few days ago. Mm-hmm. But the other thing about Teradek that I really liked was, I believe it's called the Vibe. I've, serve. Serve. Serve yeah. 4K. Mm-hmm. But Whoever it, comes out with a product and calls it the Vibe is going to get a lot <laughs> of like, immediate purchases. Uh, yeah. But, you know, they made uh, a, basically a, a miniature version of their standard kind of video streaming for the DSLR crowd, the, the mm-hmm. kind of entry-level filmmaker crowd. They, they kind of knocked off their own product into a price range that seems more affordable and, and I like when manufacturers do that, when they build that kind of step ladder up into their system. And for many of us, I think Teradek is that that symbol, like, oh, I'm on a real job, on a real resourced commercial budget job. And now they have not only their standard Teradek, but they have a more affordable line that helps us get in there on different types of projects. You said that, well said. You like it as a filmmaker, but it's a smart move as a company mm-hmm. because what happens is, you get people on the first rung of your stepladder when they're developing their skills. They become comfortable with your product line, and that's what they want to use. And as they go up, they stay with you and your family. And it's the same with cameras. It's yeah. the same with software. And so having that, like, sometimes it's like it's not like they're they're go- taking a step down to create something entry level. They're I think they're investing in their longevity, yeah, and in their legacy as a line because they're bringing people in early who are gonna like I. You were there for me when I was young, you know, like, yeah, and I got yeah, to know you yeah. and cut my teeth with you. And I like, like on my indie project, I used your indie, the indie version of your product, you know? And then, but then when they expand their line kind of beyond the terror deck into the cloud, it's like, wow, you know, we've, we've gone past just, you know, wireless monitoring, which was such a big deal, you know, say 15 years ago for many of us, it's like, no, now we're, we're doing wireless. We're like in the cloud monitoring our footage your editors are getting it and not just in like some proxy format but full res files stuff that's good enough to cut on Mm -hmm. that part of it where a a company that has a demonstrated technical excellence not only does it for something and and able to get something small for us but is thinking two steps ahead well you know you're probably going to want to like next time we come to NAB as no film school, maybe we're going to want to have our editors working remotely. Yeah. We've talked about this a lot. Yeah, we have. <laughs> it's true. It's, like, yeah. And there's a lot of solutions available now. 
I want to talk, I want to kind of bring up uh, Aperture because I feel like when Aperture came on the scene, they were that company like, oh, no, you don't want to buy Aperture. Like only like indies buy Aperture, only like the micro budget student filmmakers buy Aperture to, you know, light their stuff. And now everybody, you know, it, it, it wants a little bit of Aperture. Yeah, they're cracking through for sure. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And then uh, I wanted to kind of bring up those like smaller companies that are coming out of China. We saw Axun, who mm-hmm. had really like affordable wireless video transmission solutions, you know, and and like you know, I feel like they're that company where Aperture was five years ago, whenever they came out. You know, Axun's going to kind of you know be a competitor to Aerotech with with a very robust signal. Mm-hmm. They had a kind of dual stream. So I can't remember the exact thing because my they do uh, two point four gigahertz and five gigahertz simultaneous. So if one cuts out, the other one picks it up. Yeah. So the, so the nice. stream it's the stream like is a backup. Yeah. Is there. I yeah. actually wanted to buy one for a long time, so I did a lot of reading on that. Yeah. 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 This kind of unshakable stream, and then I mean, even they showed us a couple of products they had in beta that that you know weren't ready for sale yet, but they had these mm-hmm. you know almost like these glasses that were kind of go over your glass almost like a google glass type of thing where you could monitor it was like amazing (sighs) that's so cool and i was like oh like those moments we've had a few of them over the past few days where you feel like you're stepping into the future it was like a developed enough idea that says oh this is a totally amazing way to monitor your footage especially if you're doing something else or in a, a challenging situation and it's like you need those companies that don't have the reputation yet, but do have the ambition and the technical chops to bring something to market that nobody else is going to think to do. And the balls. I, I'm going to get a little flack for this. And I feel like I'm showing my age and my, my weird, you know, snobbiness. Like looking at like men, like that product you mentioned with the visor and like to monitor the, the video that's coming out of your camera and then the Ronin 4D, which just reminds me of that chicken like stabilizer meme from, you know, it, it literally looks like that chicken stabilizer. And I think that they saw the video and they're like, we're just going to make that because it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And it, it's a product and people use it and like it and it's weird. And, and I, you know, with the, with the visor from Maxoon, like that's weird. Yeah. But it's, I'm like, yeah, I'm here for it. I saw so many arms. We didn't get to cover them. I saw like three or four kind of camera arms, those robotic camera arms. And it's like, well, we talked to Technocrane mm-hmm. and saw the Super Technocrane. And God bless them. They made the best arm in the world. Yeah. But then the one, there are these guys who yeah. are working on their garage. Who are coming. fighting for a little bit of that market. Yeah. And I was like, I got a little arm too. But yeah, I can make an arm. <laughs> yeah. I can make an arm for like half as much. I oh. thought you were also going to mention like something that we did not have time to cover. Because there is, even in a year with less, this was a year with less, Yeah, there was a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, there were a lot of cameras on, like, robots that oh, were, yeah. like, roaming around. Yeah, it was the like, future. Yeah, <laughs> That's just a funny thing to see, like, more and more. We put some of those on the socials, but, like, it's funny to see that in the same, like, as much of that as we did. Like, it's not weird yeah. at all anymore. Right. I, I felt like I was in an episode of the Jetsons, but I, I feel like that's a byproduct of the pandemic. We're like, hey, we can't be on set. Right. Go send a robot to do it. Yeah. 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 Or you'd like see a camera be around you and then you'd look up and you'd see the monitor with you on it. And then you'd see a guy far away with the, with the remote. <laughs> He's like, you're like, oh, okay. But like, yeah, because you maybe you can't get close or mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't considered the remote aspect. And for me, the highlight was we've talked about Frame.io because we've seen all the companies they partnered with at, like, at NA Big 2022, and we never had a chance to see them until today. And then 
I wrote about the 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 kind of the system that they have before we came here, and I was like, yeah, that's cool. But then I saw it. And can I swear on this podcast? Yeah. Okay. I cool. do all the time. Okay. Wonderful. Yeah. I just I, I don't know. And so. A gentleman named Paul was demoing the unit for us, and he recorded it on this Airy, and then he recorded it on an iPhone that had like a, Pan- a Panavision lens on it, which was weird. And then he's like, "Look, I'm going to record here, and then look over here, and and then like a completely different system that wasn't connected by wires, that was just like wireless transmission, like that clip right. popped up, and I was like, what? So quickly. And yeah. I'm like, this this could be anywhere in the world. Yeah, that, that yeah. part is crazy. And he just recorded it on the camera and then it appeared on a, a completely different system. Yeah. And I was like, this is the future. Like, we don't need, D- I don't want to say we don't need DITs anymore. because They're going to, what they are is going to change. Exactly. Like, it's going to be a, a different kind of job. Just like a DIT was like, kind of like a loader once. Yeah. Like, right. it's yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. It, it like evolves. Like, uh-huh. the, the role will evolve into something different. Um, Man, we have so much to talk about. I, I I'm audio. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I, I, I want to. I don't want to put. I don't want to jump the gun, but there was something I saw today mm. with us covering an audio that was definitely the the thing I saw this year that was the most like, oh, I did not see that coming at all, and now it's here, and I'm pretty confident it's going to be something a lot of people start using once it gets into the ecosystem. What was it? Well, I'll let you tell oh. you know what it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, audio design. No, I wasn't there for that. It's audio. ADD. Yes. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Audio design desk. Yeah, yes. audio design yes. desk. I thought you meant it was like an actual, like a hardware, but this is a no, software. No. So, audio design desk is a software solution for like audio designers working in that kind of narrative production but space. you knew that we yeah i didn't remember their name either yeah. which is fu- it's add which is a funny thing yeah yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah but i it, it was for me the most mind-blowing thing that i saw and perhaps it's because i have some audio background i produced a lot of music did a lot of pro tools so when i started editing film I knew things like, oh, you got to filter this. Oh, you got to do more sound design, more layers. Like I've always, people have always complimented me on my, the audio side of my film projects. So I'm the person who is just digging through libraries, you know, trying to place whooshes and drones and all this kind of stuff. And the guy did the same thing. I would take hours to do in like three minutes. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And he did it almost in this, improvisational way like the same way that you might play the piano he was just sprinkling in like some arpeggiated thing was how he put the sounds into the into the film and i was like oh wow that improv jazz is how we have to work in the future like the the idea of kind of doing things the way that we've been doing them Mm -hmm. which is either searching for a sound on the internet or like dragging it over from some sound manager into your you know into your like timeline and not knowing if it's going to relink properly and all that kind of stuff that we deal with. And then you have to place it and trim it and add fades. The guy was just like, and it was just there. And it had interoperability in between like round tripping into Final Cut Pro, into Premiere. It it was amazing. So you brought up Aperture earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring him up again because I told them it reminded me in a weird way, completely different feel. Reminded who? It reminded me Audio Design Desk mm-hmm. reminded me of an aspect of Aperture, which is that they've taken you like inside the product to allow you a maneuverability I didn't know you could have. Like 
with Aperture, you can get inside your light, basically. Yeah. And, like, tweak it in all these ways. Now, this thing is a huge time saver mm -hmm. for an editor, but it also gives you so much creative latitude and longitude yes. that I've never seen, like, like instrumentation. Like, it, there was just yeah. so much to tweak that it could be a little overwhelming, but also it, it makes... Something that is, I want to say it's like kind of a little tedium and needs a lot of elbow grease. It turned it into something that could be like fine art. It, yeah. it, it gave expressivity yeah. to a part of the process that was a slog. And that is like, usually you go from slog to like not a slog to like kind of fun <laughs> to like expressive to like improvisation. They just skipped like all four steps in the middle and went from a total slog into something that's really fun to use and will make your movie better. So that was really exciting to see like wouldn't you get excited i don't say this about much i would get excited to be doing that part of the process if yeah. i was using that tool i would be like like i remember doing shorts where i was like placing every little like bullet sound and like clink and like yeah. like every yeah. like this would make me excited to get to that tweak because i'd be like oh i have so much room to play and explore yeah, I, I want to go back to Aperture real quick. Not just <laughs> not not, no, not not to Aperture, but like where the lights are now. Like we have ProLight and we have Aperture. We have Godox that we visited, Nanlite, and a few of them have like full spectrum RGB options. And then you'd go back to like the '90s, and you had on and off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe you had a dimmer if you were lucky. You know, if you were fancy like that, but like. And then, now you don't have to have a generator outside. You can plug into a wall and you're good to go. You can plug two in a wall and you're good to go. You know what I mean? Speaking of generators, should we talk a little bit about batteries? Oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Came Power. KMTB had some really cool uh, battery options. Yeah, because that, yeah. that is specifically what it reminded me of. And I wasn't at KMTV with you guys when you were at the booth, but I saw it in our edit mm -hmm. about accessories mm -hmm. on YouTube, which you should check out. And it And that was pretty awesome. It was it was awesome to me in, in two ways. One, Came TV is a company that came to really service the DIY people, the, oh, yeah. the, the yes. people who are, are just need the most affordable thing possible, and they've come through with so many products over the years that that do a good enough job, or some have a great degree of, degree of polish. And then this charger was like kind of like the best charger I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was a dual V mount charger. It had uh, a DC power out in case you wanted to, you know, use it as a power inverter and take your batteries and, and plug something in. Mm -hmm. USB. It had a flashlight on it. But with like the cool thing is it was one ten and two twenty volt out. Yeah, yeah. It it had like like everything you a could gaffer's dream. Yeah, oh. everything you could possibly <laughs> imagine you would want, and a few things you couldn't even imagine out of a charger, which is this mundane kind of thing that sits in the corner of your hotel room when you're out on a shoot. So I just, I was kind of really proud uh, that they devel delivered a project product that over delivered like that. Um, but also kind of somewhat sad because they couldn't be here because yeah. of the lockdown in China and they had kind of proxy and friends representing them. Uh, M from, from cheesy cam was in their booth, you know, other people, their distributor, and so here they were with something that's really beautiful and, and useful, and we didn't even get to kind of shake their hands and say thank you. Yeah, it was a bummer. I, I want to say that like we we like the, the future of just film and cinema technology is going to be those things that people find mundane, and someone's going to come along and be like, "I'm going to do something weird with that." I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna put like a screen on it or like a and your charger's now like not a charger it's a, it's a it's a generator you know yeah. and 
I, I, I want to know what I wonder what the next thing is going to be, but I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that it's that feeling of is someone going to dive into a corner and find nuance for us to work with there that mm-hmm. we've previously ignored. And I think the reason I think like the rising tide lifts all boats sort of like I think when people start making other parts of the process streamlined and easier then it makes room for people to innovate in these other areas mm-hmm. yeah. because the technology technology is just moving super, super, super fast. It moves yeah. faster every day. So with that comes a lot of problems, which we don't get into on this spot. But like, <laughs> it also comes with this, the, the fun part, which is like the easier you make some of these things, well, then the more people start to turn to other things and they're like, what can I do with audio design? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. totally new and cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what can I do in lights? Because th- that's where you start thinking like, maybe lighting is the place to innovate. And suddenly it was, you know. No Film School's 2022 NAB coverage is brought to you by Black Magic Design, creating revolutionary solutions for film, post-production, and television. And Creative Solutions, which consists of small HD, Teradek, and wooden camera. Premium products for film, video production, and broadcasters. And Atomos, helping creative professionals cut through technology barriers with easy-to-use, cutting-edge 4K and HD Apple ProRes monitor recorders. I feel like lenses, sorry to interrupt, I, uh, I want to say that like, lenses, we're seeing it in the top end. Like Cook has their intelligent technology protocol, IT, ITI. I'm, they have a weird kind of nomenclature that is hard to kind of grasp for me at least. And then we have uh, Canon doing the same thing. They have like an EF protocol with metadata, like big, just flying out of that lens uh, for focus, focal length, aperture, like gyroscopic, whatever's. And I feel like that's going to be in like cheaper lenses in a couple of years, hmm. which is going to yeah. be cool. And then Bigger you can filters down is what yeah, you're yeah, saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. 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 And and also stuff like that helps you for effects work, you know, mm-hmm. and, and oh, we need to match this focus pull if we're going to do something on, 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 you know, we visited the Maxon booth and, and talking about effects work and, and yeah. 3D and oh, I want to place this object, but I need to nail the focus pull on it. When you start having the, this data flying out of your lenses, like, gives you this kind of information and mm-hmm. makes integrating those types of services much easier. It's like built into the clip that you're using, you know, so it's just like plug and play almost. And, and Maxon, for those who don't know, they uh, cover Cinema 4D and ZBrush. And ZBrush is a like a digital sculpting tool, which is super cool. But yeah, like, and, and actually one that I've heard, I didn't know that Red Giant was a part of them now. That's true, yeah. And that's another one that like we've had, we've written about on mm-hmm. you know, Film School many times. Like that, You want to talk about that demo a little bit? Yeah, I mean, that was just really fun because we got to see 3D work happening in real time much faster than you can imagine. I've always thought it was, you know, some wizard kind of hiding in some mm-hmm. hut in the back <laughs> doing this, or probably 50 wizards, but it was one very personable Australian woman who just <laughs> made some spaghetti fall and bounce and, and <laughs> had it bounce at different rates and, and different textures on this, different noodles. Like, and she did it all pretty damn fast. In, yeah. in the flow of a conversation. And it's like, well, if I wasn't talking and making stupid jokes this whole time, what would she have achieved then yeah. even faster? So, Do you remember on the pod yesterday, we were talking about, or maybe two days ago, we were talking about like, you know, the Phantom Menace or Attack of the Clones or something and like the camera tech. What I was thinking when she was doing that, because you made a great comment where you said like, so it used to be that you would need a uh, some company somewhere that cost you countless dollars yeah. that you couldn't afford with like a three-letter name 
and they take your footage forever <laughs> and then come back with like one or two finished effects or whatever. Yeah. Now it's like she's doing it in real time talking to you. And it reminded me of our of our Star Wars thing, which was like 20 years ago. There was like a hundred wizards sitting right. in a room <laughs> to get like Yoda to smirk or something. Yeah. Like this is so quick and yeah. smooth. And the idea, because she was saying she's she trains people to do this, right? Mm -hmm. And she was saying, you can, like, I can train people, people can learn to do this quickly. You can do this stuff yeah. for your projects. Like that just like it, it's just the limitate. There's so few limitations. Yeah, it's it's almost you know, a theme of so much of our content is people are providing tools for us to be more creative. And it was like at every turn, there's somebody being like, hey, you want to be more creative? Try this. Mm -hmm. And that through the software, through the cloud, through physical objects, it, it it's kind of overwhelming when you think about how many different ways you can improve your processes and how many different ways it makes it easier to come up with ideas. Mm -hmm. I do want to say also regarding Maxon, I mean, they, it's a great, it's a great set of tools. Like Cinema 4D is a, is a great VFX compositing building software. I'm, I'm, I don't know if they do compositing actually. And then ZBrush is great too, but it, it does cost money. I mean, it's like oh yeah, a hundred bucks yeah. a month. It's not free, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's, it's a lot different. Like say you decide these are the kinds of stories I want to tell. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to do them from home. Mm -hmm. And I need these tools. Well, then it's a it's an investment. It's it not is. for every creator. But there is a free alternative. And and I don't want to kind of like, you know, throw Max under the bus because they're doing great, great work. And ZBrush is fantastic. But there's Blender. Blender is uh, made by like just this community of VFX artists. Yeah. And we completely we've worked, free. We, yeah, yeah. You're right. They're, that's a great point. And like, they have like a ZBrush, al not alternative, but like a similar kind of sculpting tool set. Granted, you know, when you are making like ZBrush, like a, like sculpts, you got to go to ZBrush, you know, if you're working on a big motion picture. But Blender does great work. And what's his name? Um, oh, my God. I can't remember his name. David Sandberg, who did um, Annabelle. There was a sequence where he's like, oh, man, I needed like, this weird sequence in a closet for, you know, the intro. I didn't want to go to the VFX house because it'd be like two weeks and back and forth. And so, like, I just did it in <laughs> Blender. And it's in the movie. Yeah. You know? That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, like, you know, get the tools you need, work towards the tools you need, but there are free alternatives or cheaper alternatives like Came TV. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the, the Came TV, you know, focus pulling motor. Right. You know, you look at the Nucleus M and then all the way up to the Teradex. Mm -hmm. And here's one that, that's just, you know, a couple hundred dollars. $298 yeah. for like a really nice high tech, high torque follow focus that runs off like a what three pin lomo yeah i can't remember but i remember that it had a higher voltage up to 18 volts yeah yeah and i think the nucleus n only goes up to like 14 with that dtap thing yeah 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 so i you know i i think i always try to not be about gear even though mm -hmm. we're you know you're the in the wrong place for that the, it, it, one hand washes the other but like when you see these options it's like okay yeah there's this one option that that's affordable and might get you through the next six months. And there's this other option that's less affordable, but might get you through the next six years. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of constantly juggling and making those decisions, but knowing that it's in service of making something and not in service of just having some name that you could drop at a, at a yeah. cocktail party. I got the, this with the, that. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that's why, you know, Ari is uh, not, that's why, but I, I'm curious to see what Ari is going to do. Cause they're, 
like the cream of the crop. They make the best or, you know, arguably the best film gear on the market. Best cameras, best accessories, you know, insert whatever film equipment here. See, I think also, though, what, what we're seeing happen is that they're still preferred in a lot of ways. But mm -hmm. you told an anecdote the other day where you were doing a shoot with the DP who spoke a lot about how they wished. I won't talk about what camera you did mm -hmm. use, but they kept saying we wish she wished she had an airy. Mm -hmm. But then after a few days in, she was like. This is actually pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. think that that's kind of like one of those things where it's like, I think I, from everything everyone tells me, they love a lot of things about air cameras. Yeah. But I do think, and I'm not a gear person, but I'm, I, I lean more towards the, you know, like the gear's not going to make you. Mm -hmm. But one of the cool things for me about coming to NAB is that sometimes the gear can because it can inspire you. Yeah. Because yeah. you can see what you could do. Yeah. And it could be as little as a shot. Or it could just be a whole workflow or it could be like, oh, I can do blah, 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 blah. Or that gives me an idea to do like the the lens that rotates, that gets close to the yeah, ground. Yeah, the PNS technique. Or like the miniature yeah. ones. Because I used to work with miniatures a lot for effects. Like I was like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. Like this is this I would think about going back into the lab. But so, but my point just being like, as things get better and more camera companies start getting closer, it creates more like there's just less daylight. Yeah, between them to the point where you know a lot of people who watch these things wouldn't. No, yeah. <laughs> and I'm wondering. So that's be that's cool though. Yeah, I'm wondering how. I, I, I think I said this yesterday. I'm wondering how Air is going to tackle affordability, but also like how are they going to tackle innovation? Because they've hit like the top. And how do you innovate when you're there? Yeah, you kind of don't. You just make things a little better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I but I also think Airy is at the top now. Mm. but they're not always going to be at the top no. and they weren't always at the top before. Mm -hmm. And, and so we've seen these things be cyclical. The first time I shot film and I mean, motion picture film on 35 millimeter, the first and only time I shot, I was like, Oh, you know, I've shot on mm -hmm. super 16 number of times. So I shot 35. I was like, yeah, the lenses we used were the super Baltars, which are Bausch and Lom lenses. Yeah. And like 1905 <laughs> lenses, you know, when I think of Bausch and Lom, I think of like, contact solution yeah. <laughs> yeah i don't think of lenses companies right have, companies change yeah, yeah. And, and but you know bausch and Lomb was at the top yeah. making sent lenses at you know with the super Baltars, and now they're making contact juice you know <laughs> so still making lenses is the point yeah and, for glass, for and and you know the the gentleman we interviewed uh with the with the microscopic lenses mm -hmm. uh the older gentleman said uh, i was like you're a, a scientist like a, a lens scientist he's like yeah you know, I got my start at Bausch and Lomb, working <gasps> no. on the Baltars. Wow! So you you know you just see that this this. Did you tell him you shot with him? I didn't have a chance uh, yeah. to because it was a too, too it was bang trouble. bang. Yeah, yeah. I just go back there in the morning, and be like my guy. <laughs> I'm with you, uh, yeah. but but it just goes to show you that that uh, there is the slow evolution. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned Aperture, some of these other companies, uh, Axoon, that we don't know where some of them are going to go. Mm -hmm. We don't know who's going to be where next. And that's part of the fun in covering it and part of the fun of using these tools and, and outgrowing them and, and finding your new voice as, as far mm -hmm. as like how you use a tool. I mean, I think to go in a completely separate direction, like carpenters, right. And, and, you know, but now there's drills and powered, you know, yeah. you, right. You, you know, and it, it makes it easier to do some of these jobs and all those companies are innovating the same way the tools and our, our world are innovating. Let me ask you guys something before we move on that, that is of interest to me. In some ways, sometimes I wish 
because I know the cameras, like we've said, are, are all eliminating some of the daylight between them. They're all like kind of coming up at the same, like they're balancing out. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's cool to have things that just vary a lot, like lenses do. Mm-hmm. Do you ever wish in some ways that some of these companies put, not just cameras, but tech in general, put energy into differentiation? So yeah. you could, as a filmmaker, because when you mentioned 35, I remember thinking like the, the project I shot on 35 is near and dear to my heart but like it's fun that you can choose 35 different stocks used to be able to be two different companies that made different stocks that yeah. different. <laughs> but also you could six 16 super 16 super 8 or vhs mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. and they all have vitamax because yeah. a project might you might want that flavor do you ever wish sometimes that like just putting this out there like canon and sony were so different that you might think i want to do a canon project because it's going to be different and a unique experience. This is Fujifilm. Because Fujifilm was like, we're not going to do full frame. Like, who cares? We're going to do APS-C slash Super 35 and like medium format cropped. Like, they're the only, I like the only DSLR sized like camera manufacturer that's doing like medium format cropped. And, and you know, I, I call it medium format cropped, but for lack, of a word, for lack of a better word, let's just say medium format. Like, it's a fat sensor. Mm. And it, it, it shoots... ProRes RAW into an Atomos recorder. Like that is a medium format cinema camera for like five grand. Hmm. And you can put a speed booster on it. You can get those like really giant Mamiya lenses or Hasselblad lenses and bam, like you get an image that's very equivalent to like an Air 65. Granted, come on, someone's going to be like, no, it's going to be different. Get an Air 65 <laughs> if you, there's like seven of them in the world. But yeah, Fujifilm is doing that, I think. So you get, you're saying like they give you something that creates a character that's unique unto itself. Exactly. And yeah. they have these uh, simulations that they call them, uh, which is they'll take their old like film stock from when Fuji did make film stock and they'll create these kind of digital emulations that you can then just turn on your camera. Uh, and there's a whole community of people shooting JPEGs straight out of the camera with what they call uh, Fujifilm recipes, which are like these kind of settings that mimic old film stock or some weird kind of, you know, and the photos I, I shot of uh, Rafi, hopefully someone will see them. I use that Fujifilm recipe and it just looks go. like a dope film photo hmm, right yeah. of the camera. And it's a digital camera. So I'm excited to see what Fujifilm does. And there's some rumblings out in the uh, ether that they may be doing something interesting in the next couple of months. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I, I think that also part of it is on us as filmmakers to really look at the technology and say, no, I'm going to go this direction. Mm. And, you know, how many features have we seen shot in four by three over the last few mm-hmm. years since Wes Anderson really made that decision on, on, uh, Grand Budapest yeah, Hotel. hotel. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, all of a sudden that's become a viable kind of cinema format, whereas yeah. it hadn't been for 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a really cool, like, camera tech thing that I learned a few years ago is that skateboarders prefer the sound of the Ollie on the Sony VX2000. No way. It has <laughs> the iconic uh, skateboard video Ollie sound, that microphone placement, that whatever. Yeah. So cool. And so the VX2000 has gotten bid up on eBay. You know, the comparable cameras would have been like the the Canon uh, GL1 or, yeah. you know, what you know when they all had that top handle with the yeah. microphone at the front. And so the VX2000, because of skateboarding videos, has like its own lane of image making. And I think as filmmakers, we can do that. We can choose to shoot medium format. We can choose to shoot uh, Super 16 or 8 millimeter. Find ways to 
take old lenses or take new lenses and put them, you know, take a Panavision lens and put on a iPhone. Hell, you know, but do stuff that that changes the way the image looks and that you can only achieve through your unique vision of how things can come together. And that will help push the industry forward too. For sure. For sure. Yeah, it's been a good NAB. Anything else you uh, saw that was like, ooh, that's cool? It's a good question. I think ADD like kind of grabbed my mm-hmm. attention just as far as the thing that I saw that I thought I did not see that coming. That's what I keep thinking is like, a lot, it's not that I saw everything else coming. It's that it just was in, it, it was in the progression that, that I'm familiar with at least a little bit. This was like, like you said, it, like they jumped, yeah, you know, and, and I was just like, man, that's crazy that you can do that. But there was a lot of things I saw that were crazy. I did not expect that I would ever see a lens that like turns all these ways. And like you said, it mm-hmm. looks like someone's hyper extend. It's the hyper extended lens. It was like, how does, <laughs> yeah. that, how does that even work? It was P- um, uh, PNS, PNS technic, had like a extension go. tube where you can put on any lens. It could rotate without like any moving parts. And then it could also be a, any lens could be a macro lens. Yeah. Think about how your elbow and your wrist work. That's the way that this, this lens. <laughs> yeah, it, it gave a camera and lens set up an elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of, yeah, there was a lot of crazy stuff and it was great to see it all. But I think one of the weird takeaways I had, I told Rafi this many times, but logos are really important. Yeah. <laughs> branding is important. And when you're surrounded by branding and logos, this has nothing to do with tech. So it's like, <laughs> it's totally off, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. In closing thoughts. Like you're surrounded you become very aware that that certain things will cut through the noise and you'll be like, I'm curious about what that is or I like that already. And there's some things where because of logos, you're like, I don't really want to go closer to that. Yeah. Or like, And maybe, it, maybe that's no fault of the product or anything. But like, I think for anybody out there, whether if you're building, in, innovating, whatever you're doing, I do think it comes back to storytelling. I think principles, I think there are design principles and just, understanding human the way humans take in information absorb it experience it visually but also like in in the way we write like logos tell a story too you mm-hmm. know and i just think that it was one of the things that's like it, it's kind of would fly under the radar but when you're walking around surrounded by them some of them really grab you and some of them push you away can i ask a question so this is our final day at NAB. We're heading out tomorrow out of this hotel room with broken AC. <laughs> and what do you want for next year? And are there any like expectations that that you're just like wanting people to meet? Well, mine is a more social one than an actual like gear one, which is that NAB is about this community of brands, this community of products uh, and filmmakers who come together to celebrate what achievements we've all made in the interregnum since the last time we saw one another. And because of an outbreak of coronavirus in China, some of those companies didn't make it. Yeah. Because of just ongoing depression economically in our industry, a lot of companies that might have come here didn't didn't come. Uh, because of war. We, yeah, war. Uh, yeah, a company you've mentioned several times uh, didn't come here. So... Everybody was happy to be back. And I think a lot of people mentioned that kind of anecdotally to me saying, it's just great to see everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's great to see my friends, you know, Ted from Aperture said, it's great to see my friends. You know, I saw him at another booth, uh, you know, the, the kind of, I think of 
NAB almost as a like NASCAR. You mentioned the logos. There's so many logos <laughs> yeah. everywhere, and, and people are like wearing hats from different companies and T-shirts, yeah. including and, us. <laughs> and, Our awesome logo. <laughs> and so, you what you want to me is for more of that for that community to fully express itself. This was a great kind of first NAB back after a very difficult time in our world. But I think we're, we could bloom further. We could bloom back yeah. to where we were. And so if you ask me what I'm looking forward to, it's it's seeing more of the mom and pops and more of the big companies. You know, some of the big companies didn't show up this time that they usually do. Uh, seeing everybody back together to me is what I, I most want to see at, at another NAB. Yeah, I'll piggyback off of that. Uh, I want to see uh, the smaller guys mm, show up in force. You know, the people that, you know, don't have to stick to like a product stack and innovate little by little who are just like crazy. Let's make a visor that you can see your camera signal in, you know, like weird stuff like that. Like I want to see people who rehouse lenses, you know, show up in full force because we can only get the same new lens so many times. I feel like new innovations that are somehow old. I mean, everything is cyclical. So I think things that we've kind of used decades ago are going to finally come back. People might even start using mini DB tapes again. Holy crap. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, just for that aesthetic. I mean, I wrote a little bit of an article about it a while ago where this guy used a, a God, Matthew, or I, he's from France and he does really cool, interesting stuff with lenses. This is on YouTube. Uh, he shot in an old Sony cam, like handheld camcorder with an anamorphic adapter on it. And it looked super cool. It was so nostalgic. And so, yeah, I'd like to see a little bit of that. That's, that's what I want. And uh, I have high expectations for the big guys. I feel like they have a lot to deliver because I, I think things are a little there there there's innovation, you know, there's kind of like, oh, those milestones like AK and whatever, but I wanna see something that makes me want to go make a movie. Like Fujifilm. You know? George? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've a, you guys have inspired in me a couple thoughts. I hope I can clear I can articulate all of them. From my perspective, what we do here, like our job, and it's been a while since we got a chance to do it. So, and it was different this year in so many ways. So we learned a lot. And our job is to bring this experience. This is a privileged experience yeah. to get to be here to people who can't make it. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. It was hard to do it this year after the break and with the changes that have come in the world in general. It, it's a pleasure to be able to do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it sounds crazy. Like no one in the world will agree with me. But I kind of wish there was like more time. <laughs> like, I wish <laughs> NAB, if NAB was longer, yeah. we would be able, I think, to deliver more. To cover more people. We could cover more. We could get into more nooks and crannies. Mm. And a lot of my mind now goes to like, how do we do more next time? You know, and 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 how do we be more effective? And it'll also come down to people letting us know. So if you listen to this or you watched any of our coverage or anything like that, it'd be great to hear from you about like what you wish we did a little differently. Or how we, you know, what you want to see because it helps because, yeah, we're trying to be a conduit for people who can't get here, which is most people. Um, the, the other thing I, I feel like I learned this year is that the thing that's great about gear, I, I think that there's definitely like a, a product, like people like products. We like getting new stuff. We like new toys. That's obvious. But I think there's another thing creatively 
that that the way we, you guys in particular, the two of you have covered it, has helped me see, is that it's all about possibility. Like gear is just open possibility. It's open mm -hmm. potential to what you're going to do. Like there's nothing set down yet. So that's why everybody has this good energy here because everybody's like, oh, I could do anything. Like once you start doing something, all the problems come. But like, when it's just—it's truly just limited by your imagination, you know. And the and last thing, I, I harp on this a lot in general in life, but I feel like it's important to mention and say I was happy to see a pretty diverse crowd. Yeah, a more diverse population than you typically see in the entertainment industry, which is telling, I mm. think. Mm. But I was happy to see that a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of different uh, languages being spoken. That's nice to see. And again, it's kind of like it, 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 it points to like possibility, not reality. <laughs> yeah. Possibility of better things, better, yeah. better content, better ideas, better creative pursuits. And, and I'm excited for it too. I think it's going to be super cool next year. And Hey, maybe we'll be a Cine gear. Cine gear is a, like a weird, like, like niche artsy cousin of NAB where it's just like lenses and cameras. Hopefully no one will drop an air this time. <laughs> okay last question though for both of you yeah did you on that note come away from this thinking about anything you're like i'm gonna get that i'm gonna try that i want to work with that was there anything like that that jumped out at you that you were like when i get back into filmmaker mode because i know you both also think that way the cloud the cloud for, for sure. me was was always this virtual idea but to see things populate on a screen just seconds after a shot was stopped made me think oh this is a great way to edit this is a great way to collaborate with with people i in my kind of delving into certain companies and certain brands you form community with lots of friends you know ken affinity or, or a lens brand or what have you that we're far flung you know i slept on a guy's couch in norway because of my love of this one camera brand and, <laughs> and um you know those kind of relationships are real formed by our kind of shared interest in some of these brands, but we could never figure out a way to collaborate because yeah, this person yeah. lives in, in Norway. This person lives in India. These, I mean, I have regular conversations with people who are all across the globe and we've always talked about how could we get together and do something. It's like, well, that's a $2,000 plane ticket and this and this. And it's like the cloud enables us to collaborate, especially when we have different roles in ways that, that I've always wondered would it be possible? And now I see not only is it possible, it's possible right now. Yeah, that's that's cool. And your answer yeah. came so quick, you knew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about mine, so I'm glad you went first. Uh, but I, I've noticed that there's been a push technologically to really embrace movies again. And and maybe because we're all coming out weirdly coming back or, or not, we'll see. And people are starting to see movies and they're coming back out again and the movie theater's a thing. And I, someone said a joke because of everything that's happening with Netflix and like, you know, that it'd be funny if after like all this development with streamers, the best way to like sell movies is ad based TV yeah, and going theaters. to the theaters. <laughs> yeah. So whomever said that, I didn't, that, that's not my on joke. Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I saw that one too. Credit to that guy or gal. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like Canon embracing cinema with the R5C. They're like, Hey, here's some new, way too expensive lenses that are for cinema use but they're great you know and ah, 
I can't really say, but something's happening with a couple of companies that's really cool, and they're embracing the cinema world. I mean, come back in like you know May and June, we'll we'll have some cool <laughs> stuff from them. I I really wanted to be like blah and say it, but mm, no, then I'll get fired. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I I'm glad it's not just about like photography or like broadcast that it's kind of you know coming back to like, cinema's having its moment again, and and that makes me happy because like movies are my thing like they saved me a little bit in 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 the past and and i, I make movies and love doing it i love the medium and i'll just wax poetic about it if you don't stop me so please yeah. say something <laughs> <laughs> nice no i mean i again yeah that's the thing about nab and gear it's about possibility mm. you know it's about limiting what it's about removing limitations so it is it is poetic it's a very cool thing and and i think i did not value it bef this way before pandemic <laughs> like yeah. so many other things you know yeah yeah all right thanks so much guys uh thanks for following us through this nab 2022 journey george edelman editor-in-chief at no film school signing off rafi rivero thanks for having me guys Yaroslav Altunin, tech editor of No Film School, and I'm glad to be done with my first NAB. Kind of sad, <laughs> but really glad. <laughs> kind of glad. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to the future. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.